Can you, as an anaesthetist or surgeon or other healthcare provider, recommend to a patient to change their private health insurance company? Well, the short answer is no. There you go, shortest podcast ever. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talking Money series of the Australian Anesthesia Podcast. I'm Susie New from the Australian Society of Anesthetists, and in this episode, I'm going to go through the longer answer to that question. Talking Money is a little series that we have of this podcast where we do more than talk money. We discuss the professional, economic and business aspects of running an anaesthetic practice in Australia. We understand that you went to medical school to learn how to become a doctor and that learning how to run a business may have been the last thing on your mind. We want to share with you this information so that you can focus on the important task of caring for your patients and for this episode, not giving them advice that you shouldn't be giving them. The rest of this discussion is available for members of the Australian Society of Anaesthetists and is available on the website. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Perhaps the bigger question to ask, though, is why are we even asking this question? Why are we even considering advising patients that they might want to consider changing private health insurance companies? Well, this all comes down to something known as the differential rebates or differences in insurance shortfalls that can occur between the different private health insurance companies and between the different levels of cover. You might have also heard this being referred to as an out-of-pocket expense. ASA members, just bear with me. I'm going to try to explain differential rebates to any members of the public that might be listening to this podcast. If you're an ASA member, and I assume across this, then I just suggest you follow the link and listen to the rest of this podcast on the ASA website. So I'm going to try and explain it really simply and in doing so, not completely explain how an anaesthetic bill is put together. But let's just look at the total of an anaesthetic bill because that's often what you're focusing on, the bottom line. So just say my anaesthetic bill comes to $600. That's how much I'm going to charge you as my patient for me giving you that anaesthetic in a private hospital setting. If you had no insurance at all, then you could expect to pay $600. I would, of course, give you the Medicare item numbers and you could go to Medicare and claim a small amount of money back from Medicare. So that's our most basic, if you like, level of health insurance, which is not private health insurance. It's available to everybody who has a Medicare number. So now let's look at what happens when you have private health insurance. So I would anesthetize you. I'd send you a bill for $600. And you can pay it all up front or however we decide. And I'll get onto that in a bit. And then you take my receipt and you go back to your private health insurance company and lodge a claim. And depending on the private health insurance company, they might give you half or more of my fee back. So $300 to $400 out of the $600 fee. Or some other insurers might only offer a rebate that's a quarter or a third of my fee, so $150 to $200 back. And there's some insurers that will pay all of my fee, so the whole $600, and there is no insurance shortfall, so you're left to pay nothing out of your own pocket. So that amount that comes back to you from your health insurer, that's not determined by us, your anaesthetist. That's determined by your private health insurer, and it can be different with different providers. You might get a small rebate from your anesthetic fee. So maybe out of my $600 fee, you might get $150 to $200 back, but you might get a really big rebate off your surgeon's fees. So we as anaesthetists don't have any visibility on that. That's all decided by your private health insurer. 
There are different rebates that you will receive to cover your medical expenses, depending on the health insurer that you are with and the level of cover that you have taken out with them. Some insurers provide for anesthesia rebates that are so low that some anesthetists, myself included, treat you as if you are uninsured. That is as if you don't have any private health insurance at all. And then we leave it completely up to you to go and lodge a claim with your private health insurance company. Because what confuses this scenario and where you don't often see what's happening is that most commonly us as anaesthetists and other healthcare providers too will actually go to your private health insurer directly and collect the rebate from them for many reasons, but one of them means it saves you the hassle of having to do the paperwork yourself. So for example, back to my total bill that's $600, I might see that you're insured with a particular private health insurance company and I would expect the rebate to be $400. In that case, I might just bill you the outstanding amount of $200 and I'll collect the $400, $300, whatever the rebate is that's been determined by the private health insurer, I'll collect that directly from them. But let's not go into that for now. So in summary, in terms of paying your anaesthetic bill, and this also goes for other services you will get in a hospital, so the other doctors that look after you, your surgeon most commonly, if you've had a baby, someone like your paediatrician, if you've needed blood tests, maybe your pathologist or your radiologist, each one of us as a service provider, as a health professional, will have our own bill. And some insurers will rebate you better than others. And that's why, coming back to the topic of the podcast, why we as anesthetists might consider recommending that you change your private health insurance company. But as I said at the start, the short answer is no. And I'll go through the reasons why in the rest of this podcast. After going through the reasons why we don't think this is a good idea, I'll go through what you can do and what you can tell your patients. So do jump onto the member website to listen to that. Thanks to Dr. Michael Lumsden-Steele, the chair of the Economics Advisory Committee, as well as the rest of the Economics Advisory Committee and the policy team for helping me come up with the content for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to possibly the shortest episode of the Australian Anesthesia Podcast ever. And as always, I hope you're staying safe and well out there. Thank you for listening to the Australian Anesthesia Podcast, which can be found on all the major podcast hosting platforms, as well as YouTube. This podcast is produced by the Australian Society of Anesthetists and hosted by Dr. Susie Newt with music created by Dr. Mark Seuss. The ASA was formed in 1934, and our vision is for every anaesthetist in Australia to be at their best, providing the highest quality anesthesia and perioperative care through excellent technical and non-technical skills. We also hope that this means that you are functioning at your best when you're away from work. In this podcast, we have conversations that seek to inform, challenge and inspire you to keep you performing at your best. Members of the ASA can access full versions of all episodes by logging into the ASA website at asa.org.au. If you are listening on your favourite podcast app, then make sure you look at the episode notes for the direct link to the podcast on the ASA website. Also, feel free to follow or subscribe so that you can receive the latest episodes as we do publish regularly. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to email us on podcast at asa.org.au. Thank you for your time and we hope you enjoyed listening.